episodes right through the holidays, man. Turn the mic up. Come on, nation. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode one, two, three. That's right, episode 123 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Go rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Share this episode with a friend. And if you would like to support the podcast even further, check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll put a link in the description for that. Today's show, I appear on the OTB Sports Podcast, man. A great conversation. Shouts to On The Board Sports. We react to the Christmas Day games. That's right, the NBA Christmas Day games and much more. A great conversation. Glad you guys will be able to listen in. Go subscribe to the On The Board Sports Podcast. We recorded it at Gotham Podcast Studios in New York City. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O. C-O-M-B-O. Shouts to Sean and we'll see. We're out here. Let's get into it. And welcome back to another edition of On The Board Sports. I am your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. We'll see, coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan, New York. And it's the day after Christmas. We had a lot of things going on. Raul is our producer today, and Sean is over the phone working hard at LaGuardia, packing and unpacking those planes. Sean, how are you? Well, I'm doing good. Merry belated Christmas to you and everyone at uh, Gotham, Will. And, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, man, working hard. The holiday season, people flying left and right. But I wouldn't have it any other way, Will. How are you doing, sir? Sean's in a new city every week. I see him. <laughs> you know, I'm going to lead you I'm in. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to lead you in. I was going to lead you in. It's all right. Anyway, joining us in studio today is the wonderful Andrew Salop, a.k.a. 1-2 Combo from Combo's Court. Well, and... Mr. Eric Fischetti from Nassau Community College. What's up, guys? This is my second time on. First time in studio. First off, Will, thank you for having me here. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. And I'm just beyond excited to be here. Great, guys. That's great. And I know, Andrew, you're a veteran yourself. so Yeah, you know, uh, baby combo, you got to celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas. So. Yeah, absolutely. You go best of both worlds. Nothing yeah, wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, Happy Hanukkah to I do that, too. He's learning. Uh, Rabbi Drew's out here somewhere, you know. You got to you gotta <laughs> no, break no, him man. out. You got to break him out, no, man. No, man. He's crazy. That guy's crazy. <laughs> 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 all good, man. All good. All good and fun. Anyway, lots to talk about here today. Specifically in the NFL, Week 17 is coming up. We still haven't figured out many of the playoff scenarios that are going on in the NFL. Hockey, the Islanders, losers of you know three in a row, really. But they'll figure their way out. They're going through a slump <clears> right now. We'll talk about them in a minute. But first, we got to start off with the Christmas Day slate of games in which... It was really, they say that the NBA season really starts up on Christmas Day. And we've heard about all the viewership being down and everything like that. But to say the very least, you had your five games on last night. Yeah, the Boston Celtics going up against the Toronto Raptors in the early game down in Toronto, where Boston won by 16. Jalen Brown looked absolutely amazing and efficient, having 30 points on 10 of 13 shooting. Yep. And then you had the Milwaukee Bucks going up against the 76ers down in Philadelphia. Philadelphia winning by 12, 121 to 109. Philly at home, man. They yeah. just they don't know how to lose. Yeah. And then Defensively, you got Absolutely, they're incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have such great great bodies, at, you know, 
at the forward position, at the center position. A lot of length at every position. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so- how do you stop them? You, like, can't. You can just only contain them so much. I have them going to the finals this year. Ooh, I like that. Sixers versus Lakers. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then in the middle of the games, you had the Houston Rockets going up against the Golden State Warriors. Warriors pulling up the the upset. Uh, 116 to 104 in front of the uh, the Chase Arena crowd. Then you had the marquee matchup, the 8 o'clock game, in which the Lakers lost by 5, 111 to 106 in the Battle of L.A. versus the Clippers. And then you had the New Orleans Pelicans winning another upset up against the Denver Nuggets in Denver, 112 to 100. So we're going to start off here with the marquee game, the Lakers and the Clippers. This is what everybody was talking about going into the season. This is what everybody was talking about going into the Christmas Day (coughs) slate of games. Andrew, I'm going to start off with you first because, you know, you played basketball and you you got to see everything, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at everything and you say to yourself, the Lakers were up by almost, what, 11 double digits going into halftime. Yeah. And then they wound up giving away the lead in the fourth quarter. What what was your take on what happened last night? It was crazy because in the first half, LeBron wasn't even playing that well, and they were still up by that many points. Um, man, I just thought – like my predictions were terrible yesterday, by the way. Um, people were getting at me for that. <laughs> how, at many, least, how many? At least you own it. Yeah, at least yeah, you, yeah. At least you own up to it. Yeah, I raced that post, though, that I had. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you got to own up but, to uh, it, bro. No, no, for real. I, I, I got it. You know, all the guys who were uh, you know upset about – me uh, calling out how Doncic was going to be the best player out of the draft. They're, they're all getting at me. But, yeah, I feel like the Lakers are going to win that game because I just feel like they'll win the majority of the games against the Clippers because the Clippers lack rim protection, and that's where the Lakers really are strong on offense. And that just didn't happen last night. Kawhi is just so efficient in the mid-range, and him and Paul George together. Um, and Pat Beverly was bothering people out there. What well, I want is What else is new? Yeah, but what I want to see is somebody check him, like, I want somebody to treat Pat Beverly like he treats everybody else and then see what his energy is like. But do the Lakers have that kind of player? You're right. I can't think of anybody that that would I mean like I can I I can't even tell you. I guess before he got traded a Richard to New Orleans, Jefferson would do that. That's yeah, Richard a guy Jefferson like that. would do that and I think underratedly obviously he's not there because, you know, Anthony Davis. But uh the guy that I could see doing it at that point was probably Brandon Ingram. Maybe if he but was he's there. a quiet guy. He's not going to check anybody. He's a quiet guy, but he's a good quiet guy. He's a good player on defense because oh, he likes th- playing through the talking. That's what I'm saying. Because Pat Bev's defense is otherworldly, but Pat gets you with his mouth. Right. That's right. how he gets you. That's what I'm saying. I meant check him by talking back to him gotcha. the way he treats everybody else. I want somebody to treat him like that and see what his energy like because I think that would surprise him. I think we're in an era that's not the toughest era, and I think Pat knows that, so he kind of – he acts a little bit out of character. I don't know. That's probably his character, but it's like he he does a little too much, I think. And then, uh, yeah, that's basically it. I just want to see somebody give him that same energy that he's giving everybody else. But I do. I mean, I love the guy's story. You know, he started out in Euro League, and now he's in the league making a, you know, a crazy career. So good for him. But absolutely, that's it is what it, it absolutely. Is what it is. And yeah. you know, you got to see LeBron. He got hurt last night a little bit, getting hurt in the groin. Uh, area he had himself uh, 23 points on what looked like to be nine nine rebounds and 10 assists almost pulling off a triple double Anthony Davis having 24 uh, points with looks like here six rebounds and three assists but realistically Sean what what you look at here is that this is the beginning of the year for 
many NBA fans and they, they look at it and they just say to themselves like, okay, this is the actual start. What was your take on, on the game last night? And Eric took the words right out of my mouth. Well, I know the Lakers, LeBron, and, you know, AD and blah, blah, blah. The one thing that scares me about the Lakers is that they, besides LeBron and besides, uh, let me see, uh, Rajon uh, Rondo, besides those two guys, I don't know if they have the toughness and the heart to get them to the top. You look at the Clippers, Kawhi's a dog. Obviously, Paul George is a dog. Patrick Beverly is a dog. Nobody talks about one of my favorite players in the NBA. Montrezl Harrell is a dog himself. And Montrezl Harrell has more heart and toughness than everybody on the Lakers except for the two players that I just named. And when it comes down to it, Patrick Beverly said after the game, how were you able to block that shot when LeBron went up for the three and blocked it and it went off? Uh, LeBron's hands. Patrick Beverly didn't give no answer. Yeah, I timed it right or whatever. Patrick Beverly said that was all heart. And that's why I think the Clippers, no matter what their record is, that's why I picked them to win the championship because they have guys that's been through it before. But to me, pound for pound, pound, pound for pound, they are the toughest team in the NBA. And well, that's what scares me is that when, when it's time to get to the nitty, the gritty, the elbows flying, the knees, I think the Clippers have what it takes, and I think the Lakers don't. So, And I think that's what the game uh, came down to. I believe if the Clippers were up by 15 points, the Lakers don't come back. I don't think that the Clippers would have let that lead go. But when you don't have the toughness, I mean, don't have the heart, and you're going up against a great team, it's easy to lose that lead. And we saw it in game number one. The Lakers were beating them by double digits in game number one, and the same thing happened. The Clippers came back. And it's not a matter of skill and talent because both teams on paper are equal. But, Will, it comes down to toughness and heart, and the Clippers have a little bit more than your team. Yeah, you know, you look at what what's going on, though, too, with, with Los Angeles, like you said, and I, I kind of called it, too, at the beginning of the year with this team. Outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they – Really, they're just built around those two guys. That's it. Kuzma got to step up. He's a third. He's a third. He's, he's but he's coming off the bench though for this team. Yeah, he's had some injuries. I think we. I think we might be making too much of a of something that happens in one game. You right. Know? Like yeah, this doesn't guarantee anything uh, by any stretch. I, I believe that the Lakers will beat the Clippers in a seven game series. I still believe that, and that's why I picked them yesterday because I think if you if they played a hundred times, I think the Lakers would win like sixty five or seventy of them. Right. You know. Uh, but obviously, I mean, you have two great players. Anything could happen on any night. LeBron wasn't himself. And, you know, and it just went the way it did. But I don't know if we could – you know, it's one game. It's one game. It's yeah. Christmas, but it's one game. Pat Beverly got in their head, obviously, and nobody checked him. And that's, that's can, can you get by in a season with LeBron being not himself? Because you got to remember, the Lakers also have one of the best players in the game, Anthony Davis. And in my mind, one of the more underrated players in the game in Danny Green, who is a uh, sharpshooter extraordinaire. Kyle Kuzma is a young gun. He's got to step up too. Even, uh, Sean, I know you mentioned uh, Hart. I mean, like the only guy that I can think of on the Lakers that's got a ton of heart. We actually saw it when he was with the Nets last year is uh, Jared Dudley. I know he's uh, nobody to sneeze at by right. any stretch of the imagination. Right. But that's your only heart right there. And he's not going to play a lot. No, he's not. He can't move his puppies anymore. No. (laughs) No, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. But he's good for the locker room. It was a good pickup, I think. Even Avery Bradley's 
one of the reasons why I disagree in the seven game set is because the Clippers have two guys that can guard LeBron, Kawhi and Paul George. They don't have anybody that can guard Anthony uh, Davis because nobody in the league can guard him. However, with that being said, I think the Clippers wouldn't mind at all letting 80 go off for 35, 40 points, and LeBron has 20. LeBron has an 18. Because to me, as you said, well, outside of those two guys, who are you afraid of? Danny Green? I mean, Rondo has toughness. Toughness, yeah, but I mean... You mean mean perimeter shooting? Like, actually... Shooting, yeah, shooting, scoring. Taking over a game. I mean, Danny Green, he could get hot. Dumb, but Danny Green, he could get hot. Caldwell Pope? Outside of those two and a half. Alex Caruso? Combo, really? No, I mean, Combo. look, Caldwell Pope hasn't Caldwell showed, Pope. He hasn't showed <laughs> consistency, but he can knock him down in his yeah. stroke. He has a good-looking stroke. Even, even Avery Bradley, he's been around the bush a few times. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I if I trust him as like a consistent long range shooter. No, probably not. Yeah. I don't, but I don't Great know if defender, he needs. Yeah, but I don't know if he needs to be like that consistent. Obviously, it would help. Yeah. But you know, just considering no, no, his no, experience he does, yeah. that he has, you know, it, it can go a long way. Yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It could definitely I'm go about sixty-five to seventy times, though. Combo out of a hundred, I would maybe say fifty-five or forty-five. So you think the Lakers 50, will win? 45. You think the Lakers will win fifty-five times? 55 to 60. I do think that. So you think the Lakers will win? So you think the Lakers will win in a series? Because I do. I don't think the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers have the rim protection to deal with the Lakers inside. And they don't. But they should trade for Miles Turner. They trade for Miles. Davis is shooting, shooting, shooting threes, and it's like, bro. You can make the threes, yeah, but you're like what six eleven. Your wingspan is like what seven seven uh, seven eight. Who's this? Uh, going, Sean uh, going to pay because, yeah. Who's this? Who you talking yeah. about? Uh, um, Anthony uh, Davis. Yeah, he's six eleven. He's yes. seven 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 eight. Um, uh, um, the wingspan and he's there shooting threes and twenty foot shots. Like, bro, no. Uh, a combo, as you said, there's nobody there that can guard him. Between five, ten, even um, a, um, a fifteen feet, and against that specific team, that's where you're going to have to play because you're going to have to let Green shoot his threes, Pope shoot his um threes, yeah, LeBron James shoot um so on and so forth. Here, here's I the think- here's the thing. Here's the thing that the Clippers have what the Lakers don't have. You look at what what the Clippers bring to the table. They bring to the table Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They also bring to the table some pretty physical big guys in Montrezl Harrell, okay? And they have Patrick Beverly in there, a guy that can stop him. The Lakers have LeBron and AD. We, know, we all know what they can do. And you know LeBron steps up in the playoffs. We, you want to know who we haven't even mentioned yet in this conversation? Lou Williams. I was about to bring that up. Lou, William, Lou yeah. Williams. Yep. We didn't bring up Lou Williams at all. And for, he's a great player. He's, he is. We're not questioning his – but in a seven-game series, him coming off the bench, he could be – he could light, light it up at any given point in time. You and know, also, like score. and also another guy that I want to bring up in terms of the Clippers, uh, the trade with the Philadelphia 76ers sending Tobias Harris to Philly and sending uh, Landry Shamit to uh, L.A. That was one of the bigger pickups that I think the Clippers did. And I honestly thought yeah, that the uh, Sixers play. lopsidedly won that trade, but Shamit showed up big time when they needed him most. So that's another guy too that I'm like, who who can compete with him with the Lakers? Shamit fits the modern NBA real well. He defends and hits threes quickly. And to your what you were saying about uh, Ant Davis, Sean, 
I think that him making being able to make jump shots, quick hitters is going to be it's going to help them in the playoffs because he could get his stuff off quick. And I think that's the difference between him and Giannis in terms of elite big men is that Giannis, you could kind of mm-hmm. key on him, key in on him. And AD is kind of a guy that will catch lobs, pick and pop, quick hitters. And I think that adds up in a playoff series and it will just make it easier for himself. Um, not only his skill set, but just the way the team is surrounded by him. I just think he'll get a lot of quick hitters and it'll be really easy for him in the playoffs. And also on your point on Giannis, I mean, Philly did that to him yesterday. That's he what had I'm an awful game. Yeah, when you key on Giannis, he, he has, you know, he has trouble. And I'm going to, you know, they like to say he's the best player in the league, but you got to prove it in the playoffs first before you take LeBron's crown as he, you know, as he did yesterday, yeah. as he did the other day. <laughs> Giannis might be the king of the very, East. And that's very true because all uh, Nick Nurse did in the Eastern Conference the finals was just put Kawhi on um, uh, Giannis, and that series turned around it, after Game Three. No, I, literally it, one guy. Yeah, Kawhi. Kawhi is a great defender, but it's just also team concepts. When you start getting in and dialing in in the playoffs, you know you key in on them, you wall up, you make them shoot. I mean, he's been making them this year, but the release just isn't right yet. It's not quick. It's not efficient. You know, that's why. That's why I think AD with those quick hitters, those lobs. Catch and shoots will be more efficient in the playoffs. That's me personally. That's what I think. We'll see what happens. So, Combo, what you're saying is Giannis may have to call our good friend Mike Dunn. Is oh, that what you're? Uh, yeah, saying? yeah, he would. That he would be. He would greatly benefit from working with Mike Dunn for sure. <laughs> I think any NBA <laughs> team will. I'd like to see Mike uh, working with an NBA team. I think that'd be pretty cool if he wants to do it. I don't know. He has. He's traveling all over the world on his own. So, you know, that'd be good. Absolutely. <laughs> Just to get to the Laker Clipper game back here for a second. L.A. with the Lakers, they were up by two with five minutes left. And from that point on, the Lakers scored three points. LeBron missed a critical free throw and had four possessions. And with a brick on wide open threes by Danny Green and KCP. So realistically. Three guys we mentioned. You know, and the Clippers, they went eight for eight from the free throw line. So those those eight points right there are coming from the charity strike. Mm -hmm. I feel like when Kawhi goes uh, to the line in the clutch, it's just automatic. He's like a machine. He is a machine. He's a machine. He's a robot. Of he course. Just, his mid-range is like, it's just automatic every time. And the shot and the shot is flat. It doesn't even look like a good shot, but you just think it's going in every time he shoots it. I'm, I'm convinced that Kawhi doesn't feel feelings. I mean, like, he he's that kind of person. He doesn't let anything nah, he's bother he's a killer. Him. He's a killer. He, you, he's a killer. He, he put a whole country on his back last year. Yeah, did you Did you see the uh, the post-game comment that he made with, uh, I forgot Fact who it was, sack. with uh, how the female reporter, I forgot who the female reporter was. Was it uh, Sean? Can you help me out here with this one? Who was the female reporter that uh, asked the question yesterday to him after the game? Lisa Salter. Asked there you. There you go. Asked Kawhi about the battle for LA, and he goes, "This is just one game. You know, that's, wait, that's wait, what, wait till June." He speak well, exactly. it to, he speak it's the it, truth. He's speaking to Combo's point. It's yeah, one game, and everybody is going to make so much out of these games. You know, it's one game, and in a series, LeBron is. I still believe in him. You know, he has declined slightly, obviously, but I don't think anybody has c- went to a place where they took his crown, if so right. to say. I don't think they got to that level. I don't think anybody has got to that level yet. It's there for the taking, but I don't think anybody took it yet. Absolutely. And he's, you know, he's leading the league in assists, and I think it'll continue. And I think his points will even go up in the playoffs. He's going to be ready. He's pacing himself. Absolutely. Just like Kawhi is with yeah. all the load management. For sure. For sure. You know? Agreed. But that was the marquee game at 8 o'clock. 
We're going to have to go to the Milwaukee-Philadelphia game. Eric, I know you've been this watching that. This was my favorite game to watch. And I know you You're a big are, Philly guy. You're a Philly guy. Well, no, he's no a, hold on. I'm, 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 I'm a Knicks fan, you know, for whatever it's worth. I feel it's bad fine. for you. I, I feel bad for myself. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, the Knicks to me I are background noise. Them. What? They're doing well now, right? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> you know what's funny? When anybody changes the coach, they go through a little spurt where they play well. Most teams go through that for some reason. I mean, Mike Miller, you know, is kind of okay. I mean, they're making him play hard for him. So that's He's going to get picked up by an NBA team, though. I think he actually might stay. I mean, like, if, As the if, head coach? No, I, I don't know if as the head coach, but I think it's they might keep him as the assistant coach depending on who yeah, they bring Yeah, yeah, in. yeah, yeah. They could do that. I mean, like, if it's Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy. But some, uh, guy, some of these elite coaches that they might bring in might want to have their own staff. So that yeah, might be probably. tough as well. He is going to make a fine addition to a coaching staff, whether it's with the Knicks or with somebody else. I think people think very highly of Mike Miller. But in terms of the uh, Philly Bucks game, I mean, I mentioned it before. Philly just doesn't know how to lose at home. One of my favorite players to watch in the league, probably since growing up, like my, my favorite player now is Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I agree with you. I am so in on Ben Simmons. Uh, that that five-year extension they signed at the beginning, completely well-deserved. This guy yeah. can do anything except shoot. And what, once he figures out how to shoot from not even like – you know, like 10 feet out, but once he learns how to hit three-pointers, same thing with Giannis, actually. Once these guys learn how to make three-pointers, which is exactly where the NBA game is going now, they're going to be deadly. Oh, it's there. It is there. <laughs> it no, is no, no, there. And it's going more. You're right. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. But yeah. like, especially like with Ben Simmons and Giannis, to be you know precise, they can both do everything very similar. The only thing that one has over the other is Giannis has a length to uh, Ben Simmons. They're both, to me, I think they're both the same type and the same type of caliber player. Ben Simmons reads the game a lot better. Exactly. Yeah. He is a floor manager, yeah. and that's what I really like about him. He drives the lane, and he can just kick it out in any... He cut... Ah, Elite high, vision. Elite high, vision. High praise, Magic Johnson. That's what he reminds me of right now. I think he's Magic that Johnson good. 2.0. He, he is, is a Magic Johnson that good. He reminds me of some of LeBron, too. Yeah. <laughs> Even some of White Chocolate, too. Why not? I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. Come on, a little bit of Mike Williams. But, but, but seriously, what Philly did yesterday at home is just... Proof to the pudding that they are absolutely stacked. The only knock that you have on the Sixers is their bench. But when you have Simmons, Embiid, Richardson, uh, Tobias Harris, how do you stop them? How do you stop them? Not if they're making threes. Then it's really over. I don't even think you can stop them. You can only moderate how much they produce. That's about it. And I always said it was what I would like to see. Ben Simmons have a team created around him like Giannis does. Yeah. I think the Bucks would be super elite if you if you switch spots. Do you think Philly is built around Embiid though? I don't they don't realize they don't have an identity yet. They don't know who they're built what, around. What what is their identity though? Like what do you think it is? Do well, you think defensively, it's defensively and size is their identity. Just their perimeter defense is ridiculous, their length. Ben Simmons, look, just off the eye test, if I'm watching him play defense and I'm watching Kawhi and Paul George who are super elite, Ben looks like a better defender to me. When I'm just watching it. It's, like, it's, it's honestly night and Obviously, day. Ben didn't prove it in the playoffs yet, like I've said about Giannis when you compare mm-hmm. him to like guys like LeBron or whatever. But when I just look night to night, Ben Simmons is probably the best defender in the league that I see. You he's, talk you, you talk about the 76ers. He's in the league in steals, right? I think he I, is. I think so, I think actually. So. I want to fact check yeah. that. You, you talk about, to your point, Eric, yes. the Philadelphia Sixers not losing at home. They have a 16-2 and home record this year as opposed to on the road where they're 7-8. and you know, see now that's that's you know the biggest flaw on them. Like they can't really perform on the road. If they can, honestly, that 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 that's probably just a Philly faithful just going right behind them because I'm sure like home court advantage goes a long way now, especially in the NBA today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be dominant at home, and I think you can argue that you don't have to be dominant on the road, but you have to at least be 500. 
Yeah. You know, just to at least, you know, stay in the conversation. Philly is one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, maybe in the NBA at this point. Uh, I know that you said before that you can see them re- representing the East. I, I, I think so, too. But I can argue Milwaukee will yeah. be there, too. But this was a nice test for um, Milwaukee in this sense. And watch out for the Heat to make a big trade. And, the and, Heat is my yeah. – oh, that, that, that's they, a team to if watch. If they make some kind of trade, they could, they could win the East, too. But I like Philly. They, I'm going to stick with Philly, but – I don't. I don't think it's a bad. I. I don't think that that's a bad guess at all. I yeah. love Philly. I love the way how they play. But uh, honestly, I know that we said before that both LA teams can make you know something out of nothing from Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Day game. But in terms of Philly and Milwaukee, you can probably say that that might be an Eastern Conference Finals preview. It could be. It really could be. And that just yes, shows me when sure. you slow Giannis down. You can take the Bucks. Maybe if you're lucky in five. It happened last year. Exactly. In Toronto. It did, yeah. and you look at he's a guy you could key in on, and and what I like, and I always talk about this. He's a guy you could key on. Look at Paul George. How can you key on in on a guy like Paul George? He could shoot from three. He could shoot from mid range. He could shoot from inside. He could pass. He could play defense. There's no way you could game plan for a Paul George. Giannis, you could say he's you just better. Have to stay with him. Yeah, no, but like you could say, obviously, Gian, Giannis is a better basketball player. But I think a guy like Paul George and even Kawhi are harder to key in on in a in a series. Me personally. Because those guys have out outside jump shots. Meanwhile, Giannis is going to go right to the basket, and he likes in tra- he likes to go in transition. Yeah, the wall up, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he's that that guy could do it. As far as Ben Simmons goes, he's leading the league in assists right now with with fourteen. Or actually, no, that's nightly leaders. I'm looking at. Excuse me. Uh, is that fourteen per game? Because I yeah, would believe that. No, that was. Uh, I'm sorry, I was looking at nightly stats. LeBron is leading the league in assists. As, Who's leading as, the league in steals? Steals is Ben Simmons, yeah. 2.2 steals per game. And that doesn't tell the whole story. He's not just no. he's not just gambling. He's staying in front of guys, sliding his feet. He's super elite on defense. And with him with Thibault, that's a crazy duo on the you know as perimeter defenders. Absolutely. And then you're looking at uh, rebounds per game, too. Andre Drummond, 16.1 uh, rebounds per game. Clint Capella is second. James Harden still leading the league at... Uh, scoring with 38.1 points per game. That's amazing, though, how a guy in who's, J- who's that? James Harden. Yeah. Amazing how he still he's still leading the league in scoring. He's an amazing player. But, but Sean, I know we've been talking about this. It helps when you have a guy in Mike D'Antoni as your head coach that has the ball handling, that when uh, James Harden has the ball handling skills that he does, Anytime a guy that plays up in Mike D'Antoni's style of play, they'll always have career years. Steve Nash won back-to-back MVPs. Jeremy Lin, Linsanity. Kendall Marshall. Kendall Marshall when he was on the Lakers. You know, even, you know, you look at uh, James Harden now. It's crazy. It is crazy. But the thing is, and I've said this, I think it was like episode 36. It was like 75 episodes. <laughs> 75 episodes ago. James Harden is is great, and he's even improved. It's getting better. But – when you have one guy with the basketball for that long, it's hard for the rest of the team to get in a rhythm or a flow. I agree. You know, it's just tough. And yesterday, Russell Westbrook was killing me. I don't know if he just wanted to prove that he can make contested mid-range jumpers or if he wanted to win that game. That was crazy. He just kept going back to it. Try something else. you got to try something else when something's not working, you know. And I know the, the Houston Analytics team, they're probably, they're probably going crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All these mid-range contested jump shots. Come on, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, what what was your take on the uh, the uh, Philly game yesterday? Yeah, you know, um, I was surprised that Philly got out to the to uh, the big lead because you know, like they are stacked, like you know, like pound for pound, you know, there's very few you know starting fives in the league <clears throat> that have the talent 
and the skill uh, that they do. I agree. The only question mark with Philly is their bench, but I also think Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid sorry, has to take that next step in terms of, yes, we know what Ben could do and stuff like that, but, you know, the playoff run he had last year where he got sick and, you know, he and then, you know, he he was getting beat by this guy and that guy. Joel Embiid has to, has to establish himself as the best center in the league. Some people think he already is. Some people think it's Nikola Jokic, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, so on and so forth. Davis. But I think if Joel Embiid, right, right, right. And I think if Joel Embiid could take that final step, become the best center in the league, I think that that, that, that he's the key because he can knock down threes, free throws, 20-foot shots, 15-foot shots, a beast in the paint, so on and so forth. In terms of the game itself, though, well, I think from the standpoint of, I think it was Combo that um, um, I said it. If you slow down Giannis, the Bucks are extremely a beatable team. Yeah. Because it goes back to what I was kind of saying. Outside of Giannis and Chris Middleton, to a degree, nobody else on the Bucks scares you. Eric Bledsoe does not um, um, scare me. Dante DiFincenzo, not... Divincenzo can be one of those guys, though, that can scare you. So, yeah. I don't. I mean, the guy could shoot, but on the other end, he's going to get um, beat, um, be like a drum. So it's almost like with him, is just trading shot for shot for shot. But if you're slowing Giannis down, then of course you're going to key in on the other guys that could shoot Dante, Corver, Hedleton, so on and so a fourth. So I do agree. If you slow him down, the Bucks will go from winning the championship to a team that maybe won't lose in the first round, but definitely won't make it past uh, round number two. Right. They're a one-headed monster, for sure. And um, to your point about Embiid, Embiid has one issue, and that's his motor. He can't. He's elite yep. when he's playing yep. well, but when he's not playing well, it's like it's just his motor is sputtering. And I don't know. I think he's in good shape. I don't know if it's something in his mind. but. Yeah, it has to be mental because his motor's just not there sometimes. What Charles Barkley and Shaq see in him is the truth. Like, he's he's a Hall of Fame-level talent. But for some reason, just the motor isn't there sometimes. When he's good, he's really good. But yeah. when he's bad, he is bad. Like issue he's with getting motor, burned. For yeah. sure, for sure. Kinda My help. issue is with him is I think he knows and the team knows that maybe he, he could lose another 10 pounds, 15 pounds at the most. But some guys are afraid to lose weight because they're afraid of how they're going to play at, the, at that new weight or they're going to have to adjust playing at their new weight and they may feel like they won't be as good or as great in his case as they are at their current weight. Now, obviously, uh, Combo, you've played a very long time, high level. So you obviously know in terms of you know the weight loss and the dieting and so on and so forth, I don't know what this guy eats and don't, and you know he doesn't eat. But to me, I do think he is a tad bit um, uh, overweight. Like I would like to see him lose 10, 15 pounds because I think, especially as a guy that has two bad knees, as he does, I would love to see him shed a little bit of weight. One for his knees, and two, I think, can you imagine Joel Embiid slimmer, but with the same skill set that he has now? Nobody is going. To, uh, stop 
Yeah, I think it could be beneficial for him. Anyway, he's more finesse than a power guy. You know, pump fake to the rim. Old he got, school. He got great footwork. He's he can shoot the three. Even though his, he's not as good as a three-point shooter as some people might think, but he's good enough for his pump fake to work. But, yeah, you're right. A little bit of weight could be lost. Do you think that's the reason that his motor lacks sometimes, Sean? I do because if I had to guess, guys, like, like if we had to guess how, like, how much he weighs? What we got say about two sixty, two seventy ish? I'll go around there. Like I know he has a huge butt, so I know because of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he has a weird gait too, a weird guy. run, which which I hope doesn't um, make him susceptible to injuries. He has like a weird stride, and 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 on the post, his his feet it's, are really it's, his, it's awkward. Yeah, his feet are really wide in the post, which looks to be stressful right. on the knees. I've always noticed that, like a wide stance in the post, if you pay attention. To where his feet are. Right. Right. So I believe, guys, like if he could get to a, a solid 230 to 240, but solid muscles, almost like, all right, okay, all right, boom. If Joel Embiid can look like what DeMarcus Cousins look like, what he used to, muscle, chiseled, so on and so forth, I think that because DeMarcus Cousins looked bigger than what he was, but he was only 240 or 245. I believe that Jordan Beat is bigger than that. So so if he could get to get to that 235, 245 range and the skill set stays the same and he doesn't hurt his knees. Or gets better. Or the skill set gets better. As as yeah. Right, right. Because right. he's still young. Very young. Yeah. Very, very young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... You know, you look at, too, yesterday, the man scored 31 points yesterday. He had 11 rebounds. Ben Simmons had 14 assists. Excuse me. And speaking of the motor, Embiid was – his first half was ridiculous, and his second half wasn't bad, but it wasn't like his first half, you know? Do you you think, though, with the the motor, though, that comes into play here, like when he was younger – he had the minutes restrictions and everything like that. Do you think that maybe kind of set in – set into play and, like, you know – that makes the player who he is because of uh, that? I don't think so. I think that comes f- somewhat from within, and it could be what Sean was talking about. Maybe he has to lose some weight. But I also think like, some coaching pe- too. I think some people naturally have a higher um, motor than others. Look at Harold. Like, you can't teach Harold's motor. He doesn't stop moving. He probably has one of the best motors for a big in the league. Doesn't stop moving. Doesn't stop going for the <laughs> rebound. His motor is ridiculous, and I think that can't be taught. And also on top of your point, Embiid's only 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's get got better. he's got plenty of we f- time. We forget how young a lot of these guys are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's a lot of pressure though. Yeah. A lot of pressure on these kids coming up. You know, one. And, that's why I don't like to say the term bust because you never know if this guy might leave the their original team that they got drafted by. They could go out there and you know play play good, play better in a different system. Yeah. Would you trade Harrell for Miles Turner? That's a good question. Oh, oh, I don't wow. know. Maybe, maybe. The only I don't know. reason combo I will be hesitant. And you throw in Harkless because of what? I... Huh? Throw in Harkless if you want, but yeah. How about straight up? Talk to me straight up. What were you saying, Sean? The only reason why the only reason why I wouldn't do it is because it goes back to what I said at first. Like I really think that that bench that the Clippers have it will put them over the top. And I think Montrezl Howard is a big part of that bench. I don't know if Miles Turner can – he can replace the points that Montrezl scores and the boards, but combo, man, again, it, it's it's going to come down to that toughness and that grit and that heart. And I don't know if Miles Turner has that because I think 
that plays a major role into how the Clippers play, especially their bench. So I wouldn't do it, but it may be a tough trade for the Clippers to turn out because, as you said, they need rim protection in the worst way. And he's younger, right? Miles Turner is 23 years old. Yeah, he's a little bit younger, but it's not like Harold's. He's a baby. <laughs> Harold's not old. What's Harold? Gonna be twenty four, twenty five, yeah, maybe. So they're both young. They're both young. I think the Clippers does that do... make a difference, though? Do you think? What them too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being twenty three and twenty five in the NBA. Well, you're... Sal- oh, salaries oh, too come into play too. Oh, yeah, of course. We're, we're talking about yeah, just basketball wise. Yeah. But um, of course, it comes into play because you know the average career is what. Honestly, it's really like three, four years. Yeah, it is. So a basketball life is short. Every year matters a lot. But we also forget how young some of these guys are as well. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that deal if I was Indiana. No if you were way. Indiana, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that deal. No way. Because what if you throw in Harkless? No. That's a tough no, though. No. That's Man, a really tough no. You know what? They might be tough it in the East. Mo Harkless is a kind. He's the he's a kind of guy that you need to to win games. Like a he's a three, accessory guy. Can he be like a three and D guy yeah, in a sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I didn't look at his percentages, but he's a three and D guy. Yeah, you know, but from that, the Trevor Ariza mold. But Trevor Ariza was a lot better, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I to be honest with you though, like I I wouldn't do that deal. You know, just because of the fact that you got to think about it though. No, I, I still wouldn't do it. Unless if, unless if you're throwing in like a draft pick. Or so two. look who comes back. Who comes back off injury? Olin Depot. Then you would have Miles Turner and Mo Harkless. And that's a tough team in the East. Sabonis is a Man. he's elite. Sabonis. He is. You know what's funny? How a lot of people let's say Jokic doesn't play defense. This guy, this guy Sabonis, he has all that vision and all that scoring. Plus, he's not a liability on defense. In he's, the in the East right now, it's Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Philly. Indiana at number five, Toronto, Brooklyn, and Orlando. So if you unload Miles Turner and get Harkless, do you think they stay the same or do you think they get better? I think they get better because Olin Depot's coming back as well. So so you think that they'd be better than Philly, Miami, Boston? Not better than Philly. I don't see them being better than – and Miami's tough too, but they'd be close with Miami unless Miami makes some kind of trade, which I think they will. You know, it depends, they could be it depends third. on the fit. It, they they, they fit. Only that fits. Harold and yeah, like because what I'm saying is in the no, East you don't need as much rim protection as you do in the West when you're dealing with the Lakers, and it's right. a weak East too. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It makes yeah. you better. Yeah, because right. then you beat up on the Bulls, the Pistons, the Wizards, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Hawks. Right? Who's the Pacers three and D guys, accessory guys that could be like a Harkless? And Harold, and Harold, if you give him major minutes, he could average 23, 24. TJ Warren, maybe. I mean, you got Brogdon, you got Justin Holiday, you got Jeffrey Lamb, TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott. Warren. Yeah, uh, Ola, Oladipo's coming back, but like those are the guys that I can actually, you know, bank on that. And if you keep him, Miles Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, guys, yeah, absolutely. You know, as far as like the other games go, like the the Boston the Boston game going up against Toronto, where we talked about Jalen Brown scoring thirty on ten to thirteen shooting, and you know the uh, we talked about the Warriors too a little bit. And can we, we admit Tatum's overrated? What? Can we admit that Jason no. Tatum's over? No. 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 He's, he's not overrated. overrated. He's young. You, he's we, you talk about you talk we talk He's a good about, player. He's just not as good as people say he is. We talk This right. is like his first year without like a superstar in that system. I mean like I I I believe I believe he could be a great player on a championship team. But I think people look at him as like a superstar level. 
I don't think his ceiling is superstar. If if you're asking me if we think that Jason Tatum is a number one, that's up for discussion. I don't think not yet. I think he's a number three on a championship team. I think. And well, that well, what is he with Boston? Is he number two? He would be like a number two guy right now. All right, so who's no, 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 no. They got Kevin and Gordon, so he's not a number two right Kevin's now. Kevin's not Kev, playing well. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon Hayward, Hayward right now, and and also Gordon. Jason Tatum's a number two on that team. Maybe I don't think so. Maybe Gordon Hayward. So. Gordon Gordon Hayward is for sure a better player than Jason Tatum. We're not. It's, there's what no do you de- base that on? We're not. We're there's not, no debate. We're not denying. We're not denying Gordon Hayward's talent with his ball handling ability and how he could shoot shoot the how ball. How he reads the game. Right. How he does that. Gets his game off quicker and oh, more Hayward's efficiently. Great. Yeah. Hayward's great. He's been in the league for such a long time now. It's going to be year. It's year number nine right now already for the Butler product. I'm just not as high on Tatum as everybody I else. I agree. Go ahead, I Sean. I agree because uh, uh, Combo. I agree with you because I think that there's a better player than Jason Tatum on his own team that's coming, and that is Jalen Brown. I agree with Jaylen you. Jalen Brown, Brown had a coming out party. Uh, yesterday. He is an elite-level athlete. Uh, he's, he is. His like, athletic like, profile is ridiculous. Because I think a lot of people just look at jumping when we look at athletic profiles. Like He could do every kind of athleticism that you could have, every speed, lateral quickness, jumping ability. He has it all. He's a great – he's a crazy talent athletically. And people forget that he was the third pick in the draft. So he was a high draft pick, and it seems like finally he's starting to get it. But, yeah. I, but I agree with you from – from day one, I was like, people are making Jason Tatum to make him out to make it seem like he's the next Harden, Durant, yada yada yada. Like yeah, he's I agree, good, yeah. the potential to be great, but he's damn sure not great yet. And in the playoffs against the Bucks, he was nowhere to be found. No, I agree now, with you. Now his rookie year against the Cavs, he went toe to toe with LeBron in that game. Seven. And that, and that, and that, and he had a really good team too. There was also intangibles that they didn't have Kyrie Irving either. So he was the guy that took over him and Jalen Brown also. And by the way, I just wanted to point out, like, I'm not saying that Jason Tatum is overrated. I'm not saying that he's the number one option. And he's a good player. I want to admit he's a good, I mean, he's he's definitely a good player. He's a very good player. And on top of your point, Gordon Hayward, very good player too. Do I think he's worth the contract right now? No. But do I think that it helps that he has familiarity with Brad Stevens because he was at Butler for a while? Yeah, I think that helps too. But I mean, he was great before that. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, I think that he can get to another level with the familiarity with Stevens' system. Definitely, sense. definitely, definitely. But Jason Tatum right now is not a number one by any stretch of the imagination. He's not. But if the Celtics are going to go far, they need Jalen Brown first, Jason Tatum second, and Gordon Hayward to be the big deals on the Celtics right now. They need Tatum to get In that to, order? Maybe not in that order, but I would say that Jason Tatum is further up the list, I would think so. And, then, and, this, is after, and this is after Kemba Walker yes. being right. If, yes. if, and, if, and also on top of that, they haven't missed a beat since Kyrie left. If Gordon Hayward takes a step back and Jason Tatum's that number two guy, I don't see them winning a championship or going as far as they should. I think Gordon should be that number two guy. He should be the aggressive one. And Jason Tatum, you know, being a great defender, knocking down open threes. I mean, Gordon Hayward is a bucket in the mid-range. He could pull up from three. He could score on three levels efficiently. And he's veteran just a experience. Be- yeah, veteran experience. He's just a better all-around scorer than Jason Tatum. He's not going to be the guy, though, that's going to go go off in a playoff series. You're going to have to have all five guys at that same point in yeah, time, total group they're a good team. They're a great team. They are. They're, yeah, they're make no, no make no mistake about it. There and then too, what you look at with Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward can be like a, like the righty version of a Lamar Odom on a championship team. I don't know about that. Just going out. Well, his ball handling ability, him the 
the, the size, the, the heights that Lamar and Gordon Hayward have are kind of sort of somewhat similar. All probably two, one or two inches. I think he's better than Lamar Odom, though. Lamar Odom's talent level was off the charts. He was probably, Lamar Odom was probably more talented than he, Gordon Hayward. He was. Like, he was. if you just look for him, from his youth, but they're different kind of players. I look at Lamar more like a point forward when he started getting going and winning championship with the Lakers. I look at um, that's Gordon right. Hayward's more of a shooting three, man. But that's, you know? but with his, they're, they're different. But, but they're with different. his ball handling ability, he has to be that point forward. In a sense, whenever Kemba's not out there on the floor, well, Odom was, gotta, a little, was was a little bigger. He was a little was bit a better at the man. basket. He's different. He's, he's not a shooter. He, he wasn't was a, a shooter. Man. He can make shots, but he right. wasn't a shooter like Gordon. Right, but yeah. that that's that adds it that adds it to Gordon's case. Can right. you see Jason Tatum getting to a level of maybe a J.R. Smith? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so J.R. Smith, but that's not what people are making him out to be. They're not making him out. Get to it, J- get it. I, I, I completely understand. He's and J- not, he's not Larry Bird. Obviously. And J.R. Smith is more talented shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. But the only th- yeah. the only difference with J.R. Smith and Jason Tatum is that J.R. Smith, when I believe he was at his peak, when he won Sixth Man of the Year with the Knicks, he came off the bench. Jason Tatum is on the front lines. So that's he, what I'm saying. So if yeah. he can get to that J.R. Smith level talent, and J.R. Smith was amazing when when he came off the bench, like there was a reason. He's like. Um- J.R. Smith is is more talented. Like there was stuff that he did, you know, he wasn't his mind wasn't always there when he was playing, you know. But talent wise, man, he was super athletic and a great shooter. I, there's not a lot of guys that could get from their dribbles to their jump shot as efficiently and as smoothly as J.R. Smith. Man, I love his game. Ab- yeah. ab- absolutely, you know, yeah. he was but, fun. Yeah, <laughs> and he was a better athlete than Tatum. Oh yeah. Well, Tatum is also younger, and he's still trying yeah. to get established. In I'm the saying league. when when Jr. was that age. Right. Yeah. I get it. I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. See some of those dunks that he had when he was with the Nuggets. Oh my God, he was ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> then ridiculous. Combo. I just, I, hoop, I just hooped with him actually about did three, you four weeks ago. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What was still that like? Game. Did I you two months ago? You played defense on him. Yeah, I got a little combo play defense on Jr. Smith. It's rare. It's very rare. It's rare. Oh my yeah. god! But he's a great player. Shouts to Jr. Hope he gets back <laughs> in the league. Absolutely. And his brother's playing in Israel actually, so good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Shouts to Chris. Jr. Smith needs to be on a team. I'll come out and say it right now. Yeah, he does. Somebody needs him. Yeah, maybe the Lakers. Let's see what he happens. could open the game up for them. I feel like the Lake Philly. Milwaukee. You know, he he might be good for Philly. Him or Jamal Crawford. Oh, I like both. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I like think both. we've been hearing a lot of rumblings with Jamal Crawford and. The Sixers name uh, together, you know. Shout out to Brandon Robinson too, like just in general. Scoop, Scoop, Scoop's the man. He definitely got me thinking about Jamal Crawford to Philly, and I thought it was a great idea. Likewise, yeah. Likewise with me too. And then you see like the, the cryptic tweet that he puts out there, you know, with the process and everything. Like he's going to be seventy six sooner than later. Oh, I hope so. That'd be good. I'd, I'd like that'll that. help them. It'll help them. They need somebody that could create. They lack creators. They lack Ben Simmons they, is their creator. They lack creation more than they lack shooting. Put it that way. And again, on topic, going yeah. back to the old discussion, they need a better bench, and Jamal Crawford can fill that role, I believe. Yeah. No, definitely. And he could do both. Put the put the ball in the net, and he could all make he make makes other plays. people better. He makes plays. He's a vet, and I'm, I preach veteran experience. That's that. Check one box. Uh, as you said, a score. He makes he makes plays. Check two boxes right there. Jamal Crawford to Philly. I I endorse it. Yeah, and I don't know Jamal Crawford personally, but from what everything I hear, he's just a great guy. Yeah, which always helps. Yep. You know, just younger players. Just want to switch up here now for for from uh, Philadelphia and to 
the 76ers game yesterday. Uh, not the 76ers game. I'm thinking of them too much. Uh, Philly, Milwaukee. The, no, the uh, Pelicans. The Pelicans Nuggets. I actually game didn't catch that one. To oh be yeah, honest. the redheaded stepchild of the Christmas Day games, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I did not catch that one. I'm not gonna lie. I watched I, the other four. I'd, honestly, I watched the other ones. I didn't see that you one. Didn't see yeah. that one. Okay. Because you know why? There's no headline. There, there really isn't a headline when it comes to those Christmas Day games. I'll say this. In terms of that one specifically. I'll say this. I've always said, and I put it in my Instagram stories probably before, that Brandon Ingram has a higher ceiling than Kyle Kuzma. But, uh, he does. Kyle Kuzma has a higher floor. And he That's has, what I always I thought. Feel, I feel like, too, with, with Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma has that so heart. The, you yeah. talk about heart yeah. with Montrez Harrell. Kyle, I feel like the guys that get drafted later on have that inner drive to prove more to the people out there that say, you know what, you, you didn't choose me. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back with a vengeance. That's what Kyle Kuzma's been doing. And Brandon Ingram, make no mistake about it, he has a lot of pressure. He has a lot of pressure on him because he's got that top three overall selection. And he's still young. And he's got to prove to the people that he could lead a franchise. But with that said, I just want to just make one thing clear here with these, you know, Combo, you brought it up before, and it's a very good relative point. You got kids coming up here now, 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. one and done, great athletes. Some of these guys can be a star out out of the get-go, you know, in the league at 18. Make no mistake about it. But can they lead? Can they lead by example at age 21, 22, 23 years old, you know, when there's a lot of pressure on them, especially if you're going to lose – over the course of that time, you're gonna have other. Remember, you're gonna have other guys coming in too that are playing for jobs and playing for next year on a bad. There's team. veterans. There's great players in this league that don't lead very well. I watched James right. Harden smack uh, Clint Capella in the chest yesterday because he didn't pass him the ball once. Jeez, I saw it with my own eyes. See, <laughs> that's see, not leadership to me. No, no, no. And I love just, James's game. No, no, no. That's just being greedy. And yeah. did you see that? I did, but I really didn't think anything of it yeah. right away. But now that you say it, I'm like, wow, this dude was actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he was no. mad. If he smacked him on the chest or not, he was mad that Clint didn't pass him the ball. Like, yeah. I'm like, just just give it up. I mean, yeah. like, you're, you're you're on a great team to begin with. You have a really good coach. Enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, I don't I don't know if I said this, you know, to you guys while while you're recording. I'm gonna bank on no. But uh, what I said before was, you know, how the NBA is more uh, rooting for players more so than rooting yeah. for teams. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you think that if Zion Williamson was playing for the Pelicans on Christmas, do you think that that game would have got a lot more uh, re- recognition than it did? How we would have been, been watching it. We would have yeah. found the way Absolutely, to watch it. Absolutely, because honestly, yeah. I forgot that that game was even on. Because like I, I, I said it before, I know it was kind of a joke, but that really was the redheaded stepchild of the Christmas Day games. I agree. And it's also there. There's no like player that I really want to see. You know, and like that, that's where the NBA is going. I mean, like personally, I love the team, but I also love the players too, because that's, I think, you know, if, if, if you're an NBA fan, you love the team that you want to root for. I mean, like obviously, Will, you're, you're a Laker fan. I'm a Nick fan, but I love watching players too. But when I watch New Orleans, I'm mean, like the player that I probably like to watch because I like Duke basketball. I love JJ Redick, but like, that's about it. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. I mean, like there's no Zion. And I think that's what people were banking on when they put him on Christmas Day. Oh, that most Zion definitely. Was play. That was the only reason. That Like, like, like that was it. And I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that if Zion was playing healthy from, from the beginning, the Pelicans could be making noise i mean yeah, i don't yeah. know who knows i mean like honestly we'll never know but yeah honestly like there was just no identity when it comes to new orleans especially when zion's not playing i honestly forgot that game was on they should have put miami on christmas day instead yeah of why not yeah. but put the knicks on why not the knicks 
Like the Detroit Lions, right? For the Knicks. Yep, they always got to play on Christmas. Yeah. Crazy stuff. That that way I could be sad for the holidays. <laughs> Sean, you have any final ta- uh, thoughts on what's going on in the uh, basketball world on Christmas Day? Yeah, um, yeah, guys. You know, like I agree with that uh, last game. I actually watched the first three, five minutes and I knocked out. But I mean, you know, it's that's five minutes more than us, Sean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but um, you know, guys, like I agree. You know, like to me, when the NBA. Uh, schedule came out and I saw Toronto was opening up against the Pelicans. I said, what you got, you got Philly, you got Boston, you got the Lakers, the Clippers, even though they played uh, themselves, you got uh, the Nets. They bet on Zion. They bet on Zion. And they bet on Zion. Right. And boom, obviously he gets hurt. So it's clear as day that the, NBA cares more about the players than the actual teams. But, I mean, you know, look, I mean, you know, it's either that the Pelicans are are going to trade most, if not their whole team, and bring up picks and try and uh, um, start it over, or they're going to wait till Zion comes back, whenever that is, and see if they can at least be competitive and give themselves something to think about going into next year. Because this season, I mean, it's pretty much over. What, they're like 10 and 24? Or some crazy thing um, of that sort. So, yeah. But I mean, um, you know, it was a good um, slate of games, and uh, you know, looking forward to seeing um, um, the rest of the year year because the West wide open, the East uh, wide open. So, guys, I'm just glad that in the NBA and me and Will spoke about this too. The parity is back. Yes, it's not just Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State. Cleveland. Some would argue that that's like, bad for ratings. Know, Right, right, right. Like, yeah. guys, like, we legit have 10, maybe 11 teams that if they win the championship, we won't be shocked. We would not be surprised. And we, have, and we haven't been able to say that for a very long time. Agreed. I think the NBA, I, you know, the product is good. When you watch the games, they're good games. Especially now that the NBA misses Steph and Clay Thompson because they're both hurt. D'Angelo Russell played really well yesterday. He did. He was really good. He Who's did. better, him or Jason Tatum? <laughs> Really, you're going to do that right now? D-Lo. Okay, there you go. Right now, it's D-Lo. It's Russell, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He could score on three levels. He's really good. He's not a bad defender either. I wanted the Knicks to get him. I'm not going to lie. As soon as He would have helped him. Anybody would have helped him. I mean, like when your best player is Marcus Morris, that's an awful thing. Yeah, they're all Marcus Morris position too. They're like all the same position. It's power forward central. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So Eric, come on now, Eric. Sean, come on. You know it's the best player on the Knicks is Kevin Knox. Stop it, Eric. Right now? Come on now. Are you sure? I'm kidding. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Who is the best player? Marcus Morris. RJ's not better than him yet? No, not yet. Not yet. No, nah. not yet. Soon. No, nah, not yet. So, Ooh, no, yeah. all right, so we're going to move on now from basketball. We'll, for the last couple minutes here, we're going to wrap up here with football. And week 17 is coming up in the uh, NFL season, and we haven't even figured out anything at all yet, right, nope. in, in this situation. Right now, if the playoffs ended today, uh, not the playoffs, the regular season ended today, mm-hmm. we would be looking at the Tennessee Titans with the sixth seed. Yes, what a sir. story. What a story. Sean, how do you feel about Tannehill? Look, man, I mean, when he came in that first um, game and I was like, great. Our, our backup is a guy that that came from Adam Gates. But, I mean, 
You, I mean, listen, we're running the ball, we're throwing the ball. That I mean, I can't believe that if we win Sunday, that we're in the show, man. So I feel great. Do uh, do do I feel great about him long term? No, but you know, if we bring him back for another year or two while we groom uh, someone young, why not? So uh, uh, we shall see. You know, I think that's your starting quarterback next year. I think so too. Now, is he going to start in twenty twenty three? I hope not. Hopefully, we draft. Uh, uh, someone young and definitely, um, you know, um, bring them along. But if he's the starting uh, a quarterback 2020, 20, um, uh, uh, 21, I think that means that we did uh, something right, you know. And the Titans this weekend, they go up against the Houston Texans. And there's a lot of storylines right here, Sean, because as you know, when and you're in, if they lose, they need a lot of miracles for them to happen. And they're going to need Pittsburgh to lose. And they're going to also need the Raiders to lose, too. And it's crazy how the Raiders are still in it after, the, you know, with them playing in their last season in Oakland and everything like that. It's just absolutely surreal. Uh, they need a lot to go right, though. Yeah. You need, like, five five teams to lose. Which are all probable. Yeah. It is. It is. I think they need Tennessee to win. They need Jacksonville to lose. It's going to happen. Watch the Raiders are going to be in the playoffs in two weeks. Don't say that. Come on. Just watch <laughs> Watch it. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. It would be a great storyline. It would be. It would be. But it, it's just absolutely unbelievable. It's too much. On. And we haven't even talked about here either with the, in the NFC. You know, it's crazy what could happen here. The San Francisco 49ers – and the Green Bay Packers are tied for that first overall seed right now. And the San Francisco 49ers right now, if the season ended today, they would be the number one overall seed. Followed up by the Minnesota Vikings in the sixth seed. Yeah. Then you have the Saints in the third seed. Then you have the Seahawks in the fifth seed, along with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, well, it, it's the worst of the worst. No, nobody in the NFC East deserves to be in the playoff. Nobody. No, not at all. <laughs> Nobody. Who's your team coming out of the NFC? In my NFL preview, Eric, I had the Saints, and I'm going to stay with them. I have Saints, Chiefs, uh, Super Bowl, and then I have the Saints uh, winning it all. So I'm going to uh, stay with stay with my pick. I think that we're going to see a uh, Super Bowl blackout uh, rematch between the Niners and the Ravens. Yeah, you think so? The Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. It's just really tough for me to say that only because uh, New England Patriots, because you can never count them out, ever. But honestly, I really, I'm really i not going to say that they're on the decline by any stretch of the imagination, but I think this time they're the clear-cut not favorite in the AFC. I do think it's going to Baltimore. And San Francisco, San Francisco has... I, I, I had questions about them. Number one, I, I thought, well, what can Jimmy Garoppolo actually do come tri- come the uh, trade deadline? Can Emmanuel Sanders actually help? What is Richard Sherman? The defense is amazing. Bosa is amazing. Sherman's amazing. The entire defense for the Niners, I think, is the story about San Francisco. And Jimmy Garoppolo is just quarterbacking that offense. Un- Honestly, I think they're the best team in the NFC. I really, really do. The Saints are, an, and I feel weird saying this, they're an honorable mention. I honestly think that... If it came down to it, I think the Saints and the Niners will meet in the NFC Championship game. I don't know if that's possible, but if if that happens, that might get better ratings than the actual Super Bowl. It might. It could be a definitely high-scoring affair. And, Combo, who do you think is going to make it to the Super Bowl? 
Man, I know nothing about football. Ben Simmons and Jason Tatum. Let me think. <laughs> let, me, let me think. Um, the Chiefs. Okay. okay. You like the Chiefs? Yeah. Look, okay. guys. Got they just got Terrell Suggs. It's gonna help. Yeah, Terrell defense. Suggs gonna help big time. Sean, you know I know Sean. Uh, I was listening to Sean a lot. This has nothing to do with what I'm saying, but uh, I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about because I'm supposed to, you know, bounce off Sean. What do you think about the Chiefs? What I think about the Chiefs is that last couple of years their their defense has been horrible. This year the defense isn't horrible. It isn't you know great, but it also isn't bad. And I think that I think they have just enough on the defensive side, depending on who they play in the playoffs, that can take them all the way. Because offensively, all like offensively they aren't as great, but they but they are still very very good. So. I think that what they gained in defense, they lost on the other side of the ball. But as crazy as this may sound, I think it made them a better team. So I think, depending on who they play, I think the Chiefs can uh, make a run now. Better athlete, Bo Jackson or Zion? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. At at baseball or football? No, athlete. Just overall athlete. Bo Jackson. Paul. I agree. Bo Jackson. Better better quarterback, Joe Montana or Dan Marino? See now that's actually that's you know, a for good discussion. That's um, a good discussion topic. Come on, man. I'm 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 curating good football content here. Oh man. Honestly, you can Dan argue Marino. Marino. Dan Marino. Yeah, you can argue. Marino. I think Marino is more talented. But Montana had better talent around him. Right. right. And he and he had so Bill Walsh. Brady as talented as Marino? Right. Uh wait, wait, is who is talented as Marino? Like if you just watch if, if you just watch them both play football. I think Marino's better. That's yeah. great. People will go crazy if they if they. Oh, hear you of say course, it. people's gonna go yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how can you wrestle? T- it's, it, relax. It's because you see him every. He week. was the and, most talented and, quarterback ever. And right? the, and Marino, the rule, yeah, and the rule uh, changes too. Would you say that Marino was the most talented quarterback ever? I don't know. I mean, like, if you want to go back, was Johnny Unitas better than Marino? Was got Johnny Unitas? Johnny Unitas was a better athlete, right? He was, he was scrambling. No, he was yeah, a scrambler. He was really, really good. Yeah, I know my Tark- football. You see me out here, you Will? Had Fran, you had Fran Tarkenton out there back in the day. He's Bart, Bart Starr. Mm-hmm. Joe, even though Joe Namath was well, on Kipper Knees. I think that Marino, I think that damn Marino was the best quarterback ever. Will be the greatest quarterback to not win a championship. I, I agree. Yeah. I think he Him and Jim forever. Kelly. Have that. Yeah. Oh, the guy from the Bills? Yeah. Yeah, the guy from the Bills, four straight. That's crazy. You know, speaking of the Bills, I think they make it to the Super Bowl this year. Get out of here. I do. I why? really do. You're going to go up to Buffalo and watch a game? Will, you are, Will, why do you do this to yourself? I, I, why? No, because seriously, you know, you look at how the playoffs have gone over the course of history, right? There's always, like, a team that finds a way to make it. So like Jacksonville a few years ago. Yeah, like Jacksonville, the Jets, the Giants when they won their Super Bowl going up against Which the Patriots <laughs> in, in 2007. Yeah. You know, the, the Bills have that feel to it. And Josh Allen, to me, can be that quarterback that could go up there and say, hey, you know what? I could be a game. I could be a guy that could be a game manager and lead his team down. And even though his receivers are under six foot, they right. could still they John could, Brown, Cole right. Beasley. Right. They, they, could still, they have good talent. Yeah, they could go and their defense is actually really, really stellar. Yeah, Ed Oliver was a slam dunk pick. Yeah. That was amazing. Yep. Will Will, the reason why I dis I disagree. The Bills are are ten and five. You sure. look at the ten teams they beat, they beat nobody. You look at the five teams that beat them are very good. The Bills have not beat a good team all year. Matter of fact, the Bills lost to Cleveland. 
So, so I, there was no way in hell that I am picking a team to go to the Super Bowl that lost to the Browns, bro. I am um, I'm I'm sorry, but was this when the Browns were decent? But, this was when the Browns had that many like two or three game winning um streak. So this was probably like week 10, 11 around there, where they were like, I think like three and eight, and they and they got back to like six and eight or something uh, of that sort. So it was then, but I'm not to blow your mind, um, to blow you guys' mind with this, and well, um, I know we're uh, pressed for time, but in terms of quarterbacks, great, not great, so on and so forth. I think one of the most, and you guys may call me nuts, I think one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time is Troy and Aikman. Troy Aikman. I'm not even going to fight you on that. It's, it's true. I'm not going to fight you on that. Everywhere. The O-line, Hall of Fame. Receivers, Hall of Fame. Was, he better, than, was he better than Mike Vick in his prime, though? <laughs> By the way, Sean, on your really point... Sean, on, on, on your point about Buffalo, uh, you're right. They didn't really beat anybody major, but I'm, I'm looking at some of these scores. They stuck with a lot of really, really good teams. They lost to the Patriots 16-10. That was one that Josh Allen got knocked out. Uh, the Eagles, I don't even know what the Eagles were at week eight, but they lost 31-13. They lost to the Browns 19-16. Uh, they lost to the Ravens 24-17. They lost to the Patriots 24-17. They were in a lot of these games. All the game, all those games were close, Sean. All those games were close. And they the, still the only one that wasn't close was too. Philly. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, they, they uh, listen, I disagree with you wholeheartedly that Buffalo's making it to the Super Bowl, but you can't. I, I think they go as far as Josh Allen takes him. That's what I'm, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, at, at, at this point, Josh Allen is the second best quarterback from that class. First by miles is Lamar Jackson. Then it's Josh Allen. Right, right. So, right. <laughs> in, in the AFC, Buffalo, and I'm. And, 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 the, and, could, and the Jets could have had them both, Will. Ouch. I'll still take Ouch. The Giants could have had their choice, Sean. I'll still take Sam Darno in a heartbeat. I'd rather him than Baker Mayfield at this I'm, point. I'm, I'm a fan of Daniel Jones. I'm okay with him. I I'll, hated it at the time, but I'm okay with him. I'll, I'll still take Sam Darno in a heartbeat 10 times out of 10. Darno looks good. Darno is good. It's he just, is good. He's got to get – see, here's the here's the thing, all right, with with, with the Jets. Noah, we, we've mentioned this before. I'm a season ticket holder with the team and Must all, be nice. all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wayne Corbett fixed your tie. Yes, he did. But anyway, I was at that game, by the way. That, that was a giant game, right? Yeah. yeah, it was up in the nosebleeds. So was I. But anyway, you know, you look at what the Jets have, right? And you see the fact that they have the quarterback. The quarterback is there mm-hmm. for for them. But make no mistake about it. They have to go out there and get a number one, an actual number one to pair up with Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, Mari Cooper, right Quint- there. Quincy Anunua. I don't think he's coming back. I love the guy. I love you talk you guys talk about heart. He yeah. has the heart, but I don't think he's coming back. And they have to draft that kid Andrew Andrew uh Thomas from Georgia, right? Yeah. Yes, he's really good. They they need they need him in the worst way. They need offensive line help in the worst way. And on defense, they're going to have to find somebody in the draft to go out there and just cover people, you know? 
And if it's okay with you, can I touch on the Giants really quick? Go ahead. All right. So in terms of the Giants, uh, the Chase Young Bowl didn't go as planned. I mean, who cares? You want to win anyway. If you want to install winning culture again, the thing you have to do is win. And if Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley is going to play like that, how they did on last Sunday, Daniel Jones being involved with five touchdowns, I'm perfectly okay with that. The only thing that needs work, number one, they need a real head coach and they need a real offensive coordinator. And uh, hot take, Will? I am perfectly fine with Pat Shermer as an offensive coordinator if they keep him. That's not happening. I, I know. That's why it's a hot take. I know. But uh, in terms of head coach, I think the next head coach of the Giants will be Ron Rivera because, number one, familiarity with David Gettleman. I think Gettleman is the general manager next year. Uh, due to the fact that they're not getting Chase Young, which is fine, whatever. We don't know what the draft holds. Draft means nothing unless you know what to do with it. Uh, the guy that the Giants should draft is uh, the guy Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, linebacker. The Giants haven't had a linebacker since uh, John Beeson, so it's been quite a long time. You need offensive line help. You need defensive help. The young guys are really playing well, but to be honest, um, if they decide to keep Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator, which I agree with you, it's probably not going to happen. Daniel Jones' development is really key, and depending on what they do against Philly on Sunday, if they win, great. If they don't win, whatever. But it's how they lose. I don't think I don't think Shermer's making it to being a head coach next year with the Giants, but I think he will find a job as an offensive coordinator in the league again. What do you think about what if Matt Rule comes over to New York and I'm perfectly fine with it? I was just about to say that, Will. I am perfectly fine with it. And again, if Gettleman is still here, I think the defensive coordinator is Ron Rivera, you know, part of the Catalyst 85 Bears defense, very underrated piece of that defense, by the way. Ron Rivera as that defensive coordinator, Matt Rule as the uh, head coach. And offensive coordinator, I mean, like the dream scenario would be uh, Eric Biennemi from Kansas City, but I think he should be a head coach. But uh, you know what? The Giants just need to make a good decision for the first time in a few years. The first good decision that they made in years was letting Eli Manning walk out to that thunderous ovation. But uh, other than that, they just need to go in a different direction as head coach. What What did you think about Odell Beckham getting traded? Uh, at the time, I hated it. But more and more each day, the more that Odell opened his mouth and the more stories that came out saying that he wants out of Cleveland, it makes Dave Gettleman look really good because, you know, the end product of that trade— they sent Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns. They got the pick that uh, drafted Dexter Lawrence. And I believe they got one of the picks that they traded up for DeAndre Baker and Jabril Peppers. Right. Jabril Peppers filled a need when they let Landon Collins unceremoniously walk away, which was a stupid move to begin with. Listen, Gentleman has made a lot of moves that have been fireable offenses, like the Leonard Williams trade, which I'm sure that you were very happy about because you finally got rid of that, dude. Uh, he needs to re-sign him because, you know, in all seriousness, and I know that the, that the Giants give the Jets a higher pick in that sense, you need to do it. Because if you just let this guy walk away, like, honestly, if he walks away, so should you. Because that was a stupid trade to begin with, and I was trying to find all positives in that sense. Oh, but you know what? The Jets were in a tailspin at that time, as you remember. The Giants are, like, trying to find their way, so maybe I'm with a better coach, which was a total shot in the dark right. uh, with a better coach, with a better defensive scheme and James Betcher, you know, maybe Leonard Williams come in his own. The only good game he had was two weeks ago. I mean, he's been involved in a lot of things, but Leonard Williams has not had a sack yet. He's been involved in a lot of plays, um, but he honestly, like your problem with him, he's got to get to the quarterback. That's the biggest need for both teams. He, both he, teams he can, don't have he an can edge. Rush. He can rush, absolutely, but it's just getting to the quarterback. is. Yeah, and there was a point in time where People were saying that he was the best player coming out of, out of his draft class. Oh, Leonard Williams fell into our lap at six. That, that's what everybody was saying. Yep. Same thing with Jamal Adams. Same thing with Sam Darnold. Well, 
Jamal Adams has been well, absolutely not... playing great. No, 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 he has. But I'm saying mm-hmm. at the time when the Jets picked him, oh, yeah. he fell into your oh, lap. Oh, yeah, he did. Absolutely. He wasn't supposed to make it there. No. What? 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 So you think Leonard Williams is going to resign with the Giants? I think he needs to. If Gettleman is here, you s- sign him for pride. I mean, because if you want to line him up against other uh, pass rushers who's going to be a free agent this year, is Leonard Williams more towards the top of the list? I think he is. Okay. So with that being said, not only do you have to re-sign him for pride, but don't make yourself look like an idiot by just letting him walk away and then finally finding his way. Because that that's another one, too. If you move on from James Betcher, which honestly I think you should, mm-hmm. if, if you're a Giant fan, I think you should be wanting that, too. Maybe just the 3-4 scheme just isn't working, and you got to go back to what Thank worked, you. which was the 4th, right? I mean, m- m- maybe the 3-4 just isn't working. You need to go back to the 4-3. Go right. back to what was working, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. However, Eric, I'm going to disagree with you here. There is no way I'm offering Ron Rivera the job or Matt Rule the job before I offer Mike McCarthy. Okay, Mike well, that, well, that's a different story. Yeah, okay, fine. Mike that, McCarthy that's a different story. And can you imagine giving him Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Slayton, Shepard, and Ingram? Holy smokes. I don't think Ingram's going to be a giant that for long. I don't think Evan Ingram's going to be a giant for long. I think they should trade him, honestly. And I like him a lot. He's just he's just so incredibly frustrating to root for because Evan Ingram is a offensive nightmare. He can't really block that well, but he can catch. He is such a good tight end in terms of pass catching. I think he's up there with one of the best. Maybe George Kittle's better than him. But Evan Ingram, when he's on, he is really, really good. The only knock on Ingram is his health, and he can't block. That's very, very true. But I believe if you give Mike McCarthy those five, six guys, the offense for the Giants is set for the next five years. So I would offer him the job one, Ron Rivera the job two, Matt Rule three, and then eventually uh, work, uh, work your way down. But, I, but bro, Mike McCarthy has something to prove. And especially when I thought the Jets should have hired him in the first place, me and Ro had this talk months ago. But Mike McCarthy, I think, will be a perfect fit. For that team. Well, we'll see what happens come the offseason. That's going to be coming uh, in a couple weeks in the new year, obviously. But, guys, you have any final thoughts on uh, on this episode? Uh, well, I just want to bring it all the way back to basketball. Uh, the NBA All-Star voting has just opened. And uh, I was looking at the Knicks roster. Nobody deserves it other than Marcus Morris. Again, if your best player on a bad team is a power forward on a one-year deal. Number one, you should trade him. And number two, that's a huge problem. And uh, hopefully that there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Maybe Mike Mill is the answer. Maybe not. Maybe it's Mark Jackson. Maybe it's Jeff Van Gundy. Just <laughs> someone please fix this. This is getting ridiculous. 20 years. Starts from the top. Starts from the top. That was good. You should video that and post that. It's just said. You know. Thank you. Combo? But no, man, I'm just happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me on the board sports. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down in that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court or on the board sports. Thank you. I was about to say that, Will. Thank thank you for letting me come on. No problem, guys. Thank you for coming on, and I really do appreciate that. Sean, you have any final thoughts? No, Will, just again, I want to thank Eric and Combo, especially after the busy uh, holiday. uh, Yesterday, fellas, thank you for uh, coming on. And, Will, I got to say, a special thank you to these two guys because anytime we need a combo to come on, combo comes on, takes time out of his way. Combo, me and Will appreciate you. And Mr. Generic, me and Will, we're big fans of you, bro. 
you're so young, but you're talented, you're driven, you have a lot going, bro. So keep it uh, going, bro. Thank you, Sean. That really does mean a lot. My final thought is yes, that sir. the Islanders right now, the Islanders, even though they're winning, they have a better record than they did last year. They're on a three-game losing streak, and they play the Chicago Blackhawks on Friday night in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, the return of Leonard. Right. Thank you for leading leading that point up. Oh, okay. Me. Sorry, Will. It's okay. <laughs> you know, Robin Leonard's coming back. He's joking around with his ex-teammates on social media and everything like that. And you get to see that, too. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun. Chicago's going to be rocking. The Madhouse on Madison is going to definitely be that at the United Center. So... Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna be in for a treat on Friday night for sure. You can tell that Robin Leonard misses them. He does. I, 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 you I, can tell. I saw I saw him. I saw him back in September. Yeah, I saw that. You got to ask him a question. Yeah, right? yeah. What? What? Wait. What'd you ask him again? Uh, I just basically asked him. You know, just I thanked him for giving his heart out for the Islanders and working because he's got that connection to the Islander fan. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I asked him too. Like, how, you know, with all the distractions in New York, like, how did he? How was he able to do it? You know, mm-hmm. I got the video. I'll I'll send it over to you. Can't wait. But he, yeah, but he was uh, he was definitely he he was definitely happy about it, and he really does love Long Island. Long Island has a special place in his heart for sure. But come uh, at the end of the year, he, he's going to definitely hear a, a loud ovation for himself, as he sure. should, as he should. The guy's a hero. Like, and, and honestly, like whenever I think of Robin Leonard, number one, I think that in such a short time, he made a lot of fans on Long Island, not only by opening his mind, but like opening, honestly, o- opening the NHL fan base to what mental illness really does to you. Yeah. And you know what? Robin Leonard, he he's a hero. He's an absolute hero. He's an inspiration and he's a hell of a talent just to, you know, just round it all out. And then honestly, I have a funny feeling that he's going to make his way back here at some point. Down the road. We'll, I, I, we'll, I think so. We'll see what happens because the Islanders, they have Ilya Sorokin up here. You, they have uh, Semyon Varlamov who's playing absolutely out of his mind He's right now. He's playing great. He's getting a bad rep too. Uh, yeah. Well, that's at the beginning of the year. And mm-hmm. because of the connection that I feel the Islander fan base had with Leonard, mm-hmm. uh, that all adds up into it as yeah, well. Yeah, wearing but, his number too. Yeah. So, you know, you get you get to see that. But hey. It's emotional. Not only that, it's a marathon. Yeah. You got to let these guys play it out and see what happens. But he's, you know, Leonard is definitely missed to a degree by the Islander fan for sure. Only, you know, per se, just with uh, with regards to the personality and everything like that. But like I said, Varlamov came in. He helped. He's been helping out so far. Grice has had a like a little bit of a setback over the past couple of games, but I think he'll get, he'll find his way, especially after this Christmas. He's break. too talented. Absolutely, and he's very flexible too. All, all goalies are flexible, so we'll see what happens here. On that note, just want to wish everybody here a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year at Gotham. And for our wonderful producer, Raul, today, controlling the ones and twos behind the glass at Gotham. So just wanted to give them their quick shout-out here as well. Uh, We'll be back with you guys again after the new year. January 8th, we'll be back here. So we'll talk to you guys then. Keep it in in touch. Go follow Combo. One-two Combo. O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. That's Combo's Court. And for Mr. Eric Fischetti, you are on Instagram and Twitter. I am. Uh, on Instagram, it's uh, fish5710. Actually, Combo, I just followed you, so there you oh, go. Oh, that's who I followed back. Yeah, exactly. That was, was me. You. That was Got me, you. right across the table. <laughs> and go. on Twitter, uh, don't laugh at me, I love military history, Sergeant Fish on Twitter, S-A-R-G-E-N-T-F-I-S-H on Twitter. And trust me, I'm fun. I tweet about life and sports. You know what would be a cool name? But they're name? both the big, same thing. Big Fish on that, Instagram. That, you that, that, that. That. Why? 
Fish 5710, DiMaggio, Mano, Rizzuto. Okay. Well, Big Fish 5710. I like Big Fish. I don't know why. Right. Absolutely. You know what? I might change it just because of you. You're an yeah. inspiration. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Combo is an inspiration. Everybody I'm going to call you Big Fish. Big Fish. Everybody Nothing wrong is, with that. I'd answer. Everybody <laughs> is an inspiration. On that note, guys, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy wherever you are listening to this. It's a really awesome time talking sports, talking basketball, talking football and hockey. But mainly... You guys are great, so just want to give you guys a little little clap right there. We're For everybody here. here at Gotham, I'm Will Trucci logging out. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. It's a wrap. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Combos Court and big shouts to On The Board Sports. We appreciate you. If you listen to this episode in its entirety, let me know how you feel about it right on the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. If you'd like to support the podcast even further, check out our Patreon page, the Combos Court Patreon page to be exact. I'll put a link in the description for that. Happy holidays and be on the lookout for episode 124 of Combos Court. Combo out.